Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Uh, some days it's just, it's just fun to host a show. It's a privilege, let me tell you. This is Oilers Now. Second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Hugh Porter and the staff at Digitex want to wish you the best. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour for Canadian Power Pack, Brian Burke, Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar, and George LaRock as we head off to the... River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Brian, how you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, we've had a couple different themes on today's show. One of them has been nicknames. With the uh, it, it appears as though. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, a.k.a. the King, uh, you know, a very unfortunate situation with him, uh, and he's going to have to shut her down right now. And it got us into a, a sort of a, a conversation on the best nicknames in hockey, and it's funny how it eventually morphs into the tough guys. It's, it's remarkable, right? So the Grim Reaper and uh, all the different tough guys out there, Dave the Hammer Schultz and uh uh, you know, uh, Ogie Oglethorpe, where you know who his character is based upon. So it's always fun. Did did you have a couple uh, nickname hockey nickname guys that you loved back in the day, or that you were a fan of uh, those? I mean, Pavel Bure, obviously the Russian Rocket. But is there anybody that crosses your mind? Yeah, Battleship Bob Kelly. Yeah, tough That's dude. Eh? Kind of Connie Mad Dog Madigan. Some of the tough guys had really colorful nicknames. Yeah, we talked about Mad Dog Madigan being the oldest rookie in NHL history, and he was a, a legendary tough guy in the Western Pro League. Brian, you trade? I think you traded for this guy. This guy had one of the greatest nicknames in the history of the Western Hockey League. Mike First Round Brown. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> he was in the Bure trade. <laughs> <laughs> Referees used to tell me uh, in the W because what used to happen at that time is I was doing the Alberta Golden Bears games and I'd go and see the officials before every game and they'd be telling me stories that he'd be in the face-off circle, some guy on the other team, and he's like, "I'm not fighting you. I'm Mike First Round." <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I don't know, man. I, that kind of stuff makes me chuckle. Um, now, were you a fan growing up of the Golden Jet, or uh, I mean, I was a fan of. Uh, you're a little bit older than me, but I was a fan of the Flower Guy Lafleur. I mean, he just he had such style and panache. Uh, was there anybody that kind of from the from your childhood that you looked up to? 
Well, you got to remember, I didn't start playing hockey till I was 13. Okay. I moved to Minnesota when I was 12, and I took it up that next year. So I, I didn't grow up. I, I saw. I went to one Boston Bruins game, and, of course, Bobby Orr was playing. Right. But I didn't really start watching pro hockey till 1970. And, uh, and so it was very, very different. For me, like I don't have, I didn't have hockey card collections. I didn't have any of that. But the guy that I liked uh, the most uh, was Bill Goldsworthy, that played for the North Stars when I grew up watching the North Stars. He was a real gifted goal scorer, and he did the Goldie Shuffle after he scored. And he was a he was the closest thing that we had to a star with the North Stars. Yeah, and his nickname was was it not Goldie? Was that not what they used yeah. to go uh, yeah. back, back in the day? Another, we'll get to the serious stuff here about NHL, NHLPA in a second. Louis and me were talking a bit about hunting as well because Louis is a bow hunter, and there's a series currently out on Prime. I don't know if it's a series or just a, a couple documentaries. It's called Missing Four One One: The Hunted, and it's all about sort of these hot spots of where specifically a little bit older hunters have been missing. And of course, there's a correlation. Is there something going on here that is doesn't make sense and doesn't add up? Or conversely, is it just, you know, guys falling into rivers and falling into crevices and that sort of thing? Have you ever, have you ever seen that at all, that show at all? No, but I'm going to look for it now. Uh, yeah. Because uh, now, now you do, uh, do you hunt birds? Yes, I'm a bird hunter, and he's, if it flies, it dies. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you ever got lost, with, or do you go with a bunch of other guys when you go out there hunting, or are you by yourself? Uh, I have hunted by myself, but but it's it's dangerous enough to hunt that you should not hunt alone. I mean, I know I know big game guys hunt alone, and they're in tree stands, and but uh, they generally will have a, a very precise explanation of where they're going to. You know, their mom or dad or their husband or wife. And, you know, here's where I'm going to be. If I don't show up, then when it gets dark, send somebody out and look for me. And they usually keep some kind of emergency communication equipment, whether it's just a cell phone or flares or whatever. So, um, but no, with bird hunting, you're almost always in a group. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, well, let's get to some of the news of the day. If there is any news, it is seemingly a little bit quiet regarding the NHL and the NHLPA. Is that a good thing right now, Brian? Yeah, I think so. The information I'm getting is, as you can imagine, return to play protocol in a COVID situation and the different rules with the border, there is a lot more that needs to be covered off here. For example, the three Canadian teams that have their their American Hockey League team south of the border, that's going to require a change in circumstance, a taxi squad, if you will. So this is much more complex than a typical get-back-to-work arrangement. And I think the fact that they're behind closed doors apparently making progress and that there's not much out there is good. Yeah, well, and uh, and now I'm going to get you to put your general manager's hat on. Uh, we're going to have a compressed training camp. We might not have any preseason games at all. If we and, and you've said all along, you think we're going to play. You think the league has to play. So on that point, what's the right amount of players to come in for a training camp? That's, I mean, let's say they somehow get this thing put together by January 3rd, and maybe that's not feasible. Maybe more realistically, we're looking at January 17th for February 1st puck drop. But what would make sense for a 10-day training camp in terms of the amount of players that could be there? Well, uh, training camp does two things. First off, you want to get your team ready. But second, you want to give a lot of kids a look. 
And so in a typical training camp, you bring in every kid you've drafted that doesn't, you know, your NCAA kids can't come in, but you bring in everyone who's drafted, let them get a feel of be around the big guys, get to know Calgary a little bit, get to go Edmonton a little bit. So there, there's a lot of methods or a lot of usefulness to training camp that's got nothing to do with preparing your team to play. This year, I, I'd bring 25, 27 guys. I'd bring a small number. I'd start preparing day one, and I wouldn't worry about the cuts. You know, I, I think the taxi squad's going to be 27 or 28, with including one mandatory goalie, and that's to deal with these three teams that have this issue also in the COVID outbreak. So uh, it's going to all be a short season. It's going to be all about preparation. So those other touchy-feely, massage type things you do, bringing kids in, and besides, there's no money. So if you have a European and he's not signed, you're not going to bring him to camp for me. I wouldn't bring him to camp. Right. So you're seeing 23 players on the active roster, five-person taxi squad, one of which will be a goaltender. Uh, that would make the most sense. Do, uh, do you think there's sort of, I don't want to use the word haggling, but having a theoretical discussion on whether or not those guys get paid NHL. I mean, surely they can't be paid NHL money if they're on the taxi squad, can they? I, I wouldn't put anything past this union in terms of asking for it. My guess would be that if they did, that would be a very short discussion. It's, it can't be. Also, they would have to count toward the cap then, too. So it would be, make sense. These guys get their AHL, though. If they're activated, they switch to an NHL contract. Brian Burke joining us for Canadian uh, Power or Canadian Power Pack. Brian, um uh, there's a further complication here. You mentioned the three Canadian teams. Obviously, you're referring to Edmonton uh, in Bakersfield, Calgary, and Stockton in Vancouver and Utica that are based in the American Hockey League. The other four Canadian teams have their affiliates in Canada. Uh, that is going to be problematic, and that's part of the reason why you need to have the taxi squad. Um, we, I mean, you got 12 privately owned American Hockey League teams that actually pay the NHL for renting their players for their teams. How do you manage prospects as a general manager during this time, given the uncertainty between the NHL and the American Hockey League? I mean, maybe the American Hockey League starts February 5th, Brian, at the earliest. Well, I think the the most important thing, we have to get to play safely. That's number one. Whatever the return to play scenario is, and the American League is suffering greatly, and our your good friend Scott Housen is running the American League now. I think he'll do a great job. But that's such a critical link in the chain. And we have to get the American League up playing safely. It may not happen till later in the year. It may be a very truncated season. It may not happen at all, for all we know. But the vaccine's coming. We get back on our schedule. Next fall is going to be very different. We have to figure out a way to do the best we can till then. Now, the American League, like you say, some of these independent owners own their own team and pay a rights fee or pay per player. And I've done that before, too. And, and there's some good sides to that. You make much tougher decisions. If you only if you can pay six guys, and the Chicago Wolves are going to pay twelve, you have to make really hard decisions on the six guys you put in there. Mm. And I think it may, it makes you make harder judgments and make better judgments. Well, uh, are you a believer that you need your own full affiliate, or can I mean we moved past kind of split affiliates now, haven't we? With uh, AHL Farm, it's virtually one for one, is it not? 
Yeah, and I think it should be a league. It should be a league bylaw. I think it, I said this to Gary and Bill when I still work for teams. I thought well, part of expansion should have been that they had to had to as part of it had to purchase an American League team, and that wasn't made part of the expansion criteria, despite my whining. Uh, but both teams have affiliates now, and uh, Vegas owns their own, and. Uh, Seattle's, I think Seattle's going to own their own too, right? Yeah, so there you go. It'll be 20 of the 32 will be uh, owned by the NHL teams, the other 12 by uh, private ownership. Brian, uh, you hit on this a little bit last week. Uh, I had a conversation with a former general manager earlier this week about this very topic. Uh, did NHL GMs jump the shark when they started to give um, guaranteed bonus money up front? You look at Toronto, I think they've already paid out $51 million for this upcoming season. I think the Oilers' number is about $29 million. Now, you can make an argument you're going to give Connor McDavid the type of deal that Jeff Jackson and Connor McDavid uh, want. Uh, he's got the drive that you don't have to worry about that with the, you know, the guaranteed bonus money up front. The money, the contracts are guaranteed either way. I, I guess the question I have for you: Did they screw themselves up as a result of those bonus uh, money up front in terms of the make good on the fifty-fifty split between the NHL and the NHLPA down the road? Well, I, you know my feeling on these bonuses. I think they're ridiculous. I, I think that I was fighting these tooth and nail, and, and ironically, for Edmonton fans, I was on the negotiating team for the league. The guy that called the signing bonus issue to my attention was Ken Holland. And he said, as you're going in, be, keep an eye on these signing bonuses. They're getting out of control. So when I was still at the table, we were talking about a 10% cap on signing bonuses and five-year contract terms. With me, a possible exception, one franchise player could get six years. Now they ended up giving away eight-year contract terms, seven if it's not the team that had them, and no limit on signing bonuses. It's crazy. And I can't. I think it was the league's mistake to allow it. But I believe it's a union's mistake to allow it to continue. The fact that players get treated and paid differently in a union is outrageous to me. Wow, I, I know a few guys that are in unions in town. I might have to have that conversation with. I don't think they no, can really. Hey, whoa, whoa, hang on. There's seniority. I get seniority. Right. I yeah. get the fact that. It, so if you're an electrician in Edmonton and you're a rookie, you're not going to make the same as a guy who's got 10. I get that. Right. Guy's got 10 years in. Entry level system in the NHL, I get that. But the notion that if there's a work stoppage, some players get paid and some don't, that's garbage. The notion that there's a pay cut and escrow and some players are exempt from it and some aren't, garbage. Just to put things in perspective, and I'm not picking on this player, Mitch Marner, 61 million of his total of 65 and a half million dollars is paid in signing bonuses. He received 14.3 million dollars on a signing bonus in July for this upcoming yeah. season. And his base and why, salary. Right. And why does the union allow that? Why did the league agree to it? Why did we we cave on it? And why does the union permit that? So that if there is a work stoppage, that's what, the, the reason they started doing these is to defeat a work stoppage. So if there were a lockout that started in September, this player got all his money in July. And I said at the time, why would we immunize certain players against a lockout and not others? How can the union allow this? Here's I, another. I never understood it from the start. Here's another one for you, and again, I'm not picking on the player. He's a good NHL veteran defenseman, Jake Muzzin. Of his eight million dollars, he got a he got a four year signed a four year deal with the Leafs, Brian, at five point six two five million. Of his eight million dollars owed this year, seven point three million was paid in signing bonus. Brian, the last time I checked, the only people that go to see Jake like people go to see Mitch Marner play, Jake Muzzin, 
Maybe it's the, like, seriously, I know he's a top four defenseman. He's a good player. And he's been in the league for a while. But that is, I mean, that's completely different than the Morgan Riley deal, who is the Leafs' best defenseman. It's, yeah, but see, to me, to me, the fact that I, I can just—I know what you're saying, Bob—and I can stay. And, and Jake is a—I know Jake a little bit. I really like him. I like him as a player. So I could say, um, okay, Mitch Marner sells tickets, and Jake Muzzin doesn't. But that can't be how we pay players. The union can't make that decision and say, okay, star players get to do this, veteran players, Great or point. certain certain markets that, that that are willing to do this, like the. This is why Petrangelo left St. Louis. They're not doing those kind of contracts. Uh, speaking of Petrangelo in Vegas, Max Pacioretty's name is out there. Uh, Vegas has been incredibly. I'm going to. Some people don't like the word aggressive. They like the word assertive. Vegas has been incredibly aggressive in terms of continuously trying to improve their team. But in the process, it's cost them good players. Like they had to dump Nate Schmidt, who by all reports was a glue guy and a hell of a defenseman for the Vegas Golden Knights. Does there come a point where you have to stop chasing every big whale that comes out there? Yeah, I think it's disconcerting, and I think it's tough for morale. Now, let me step back. I admire what Vegas has done. Any team that tries to win every year, there's something admirable about that, and right. we should never take, we should never disincentivize that type of thinking. Here's the problem: the roster churn that has taken place there, of players that they pitched that come to Vegas, there's no taxes. You'll love it here. We're going to build something special. Oh, see you, Nate. See you, Flower. Although Flower's still there, they tried desperately to move him. That gets old. And so you're coming in on the free agent pitch, and they're saying there's no state income tax. Come to Vegas, and you're like, huh? They tried to get rid of Max. They shot Martinez. They moved out Nate Schmidt. They tried to move out the flower. Maybe this isn't such a great place to work. So I think it catches up with you at time, over time. And I think that at some point you can't go get this, chase the shiny new toy every summer. Well, Pacioretty signing a four-year deal or $7 million. He's completed one year. He performed as a $7 million player last year, Brian. He scored 30-plus goals, had 60-plus points. Think of the confluence. They gave up a 1, a 2, and a 3 to get Tomas Tatar. Then they flipped Tatar after a subpar playoff to Montreal with Nick Suzuki and a number 2 to get Pacioretty. And now yeah. it sounds it sounds like they're trying to move Pacioretty out, who does have a, a no-trade uh, clause. So, Interesting stuff. Brian, this is going to be your last appearance uh, before Christmas. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us, and uh, keep shooting at those birds out there, okay? All right. Let me just say a couple things, Bob. First off, to everyone, I want to add one point about Max Pacioretty. He's also a great kid. Like He's okay. a great teammate. He's very popular, very well-liked, so this would not be popular with other guys on the team. Second, to the people that tune in and listen to the show, thank you for that. Happy holidays. I know 2021 is going to be a better year than this garbage year that we've had, but happy holidays to you and your family. All right. Great stuff, Brian. As always, we appreciate your time. That is Thanks, Brian. Bob. You bet. Thanks, Brian. That is Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. It is 123 in Edmonton. You can keep texting us at any time at 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. And you can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are going to get to Oilers Now trivia for Greta Barr when we return. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. Thanks, r Bob Stoffer with you. Thank you for joining us, and thank you to all of you who participated in the uh, interactive elements to today's show. The text line has been burning up, and uh, we are going to play a bit as a result uh, with one of the players that we specifically did not mention. As part of our Oilers Now trivia, it is brought to you daily by Greta Global Street Food. Greta Bar, eat, drink, and play. Back at the 630 Chet Studios is Brendan Escott. Brendan, what are we playing for? Well, they have all those big arcade games, Big Buck Hunter, uh, Golden Tea, stuff like that. It's a $50 gaming credit to those big machines when they open up back, uh, back up. All right, here we go. Um, this player... At one time, was in the Edmonton Oilers organization in the 1990s. He had one of the greatest fights ever with Bob Probert in the early 1990s. When he was drafted in 1988, Glenn Sather uh, was quoted as saying, "He showed up at the draft. He was a hulking figure, six foot three, 225 pounds for the draft." Uh, played in the Western Hockey League for the Spokane Chiefs in 87-88. And he had two black eyes when he showed up in the draft. And uh, the whole crowd went nuts when the Minnesota North Stars drafted this guy because he was a scary, intimidating-looking guy. And Glenn Sather infamously said, forget about drafting the guy with the black eyes I want to I want to draft the guy that gave him the two black eyes this player had one of the greatest nicknames of all time in hockey he was a tough guy uh, his career basically got derailed because he got in an ugly car accident in the early 1990s I'll give you the team that he played for in the NHL mostly uh, he did come up with the Minnesota North Stars but he mostly played with the San Jose Sharks he had a lengthy career that extended well into the old Quebec uh, Fighters League. I need the player's name and I need his nickname. And some of you have already texted the show, but you got to call in on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. He is a bit of a legend from back in the day. So, and again, uh, his fight with Bob Probert, probably one of the three or four bad, like, like Craig Cox's fight with Bob Probert, right up there. Uh, Todd Ewan, God rest his soul. Um, you know, had a, had a couple of legendary battles with Proby. 
this guy had a pretty good one, and Marty McSorley did as well. But uh, so tell us the player we're looking for. You can uh, text us or call in on our River Creek Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. We will tell you that there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Outstanding uh, customer service is a key to business as well. Uh, Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. The year-end event is currently taking place down at Brent Ridge. They've got great people, great service. They're fully open and transparent. You can go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, and you can lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. George LaRock coming up at 135 plus our answer to trivia. Uh, for the people that have texted me directly, uh, you can't win. you got to call into the radio station. But uh, so far, six guys have texted directly. They're all right. Uh, they've got it. It, was pretty, it wasn't that tough of a question. This guy was a bit of a legend. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.